Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. We have a great show for you today talking about how to design a world-class architecture firm and then where the economy is in 34 charts. We're going to breeze through a lot of them. Ooh, cool. And only we go love to the, charts. Yeah, go to the great ones. Um, f- first off, speaking about just where the economy is going and where your firm's going, go check out buildabetterco.com. Buildabetterco.com. Get the five shifts to increase your profit. Guaranteed that that is going to shift your mindset into creating a better firm. That presentation, buildabetterco.com. If you can't find the product data you're looking for, that's because you might have used the wrong search engine. Broad searches result in consumer products, out-of-date information, and websites that hide or don't have the information you're looking for. If you need specifications, CAD or BIM, ArcCat.com is your search engine. Find and download the up-to-date data you need fast. ArcCat.com is free and requires no registration, so try ArcCat today. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Check them out. Before we get in, do you have the sniffles too? Well, so like... I've been battling this sickness uh, for about a week. So just everybody knows we missed uh, the show last week because I was sick. I just wasn't going to bring it into the office. So I uh, kind of a little bit, I just, it's still just a little congested up Mm. there. Gotcha. And you can hear my voice is a little gravelly today, but maybe people like that. There we go. I got the same thing, but not, I don't have the beginning of your sickness, just the end of your sickness. Okay, good. You're more of a man than me. Uh, you heard it here first. Breaking news. <laughs> Put it on the ticket. Al, more of the man than Lance <laughs> Gore. Uh, so I started reading this awesome book that I highly recommend Recommend anybody who owns a firm, even if you're a one, one shop firm. I think I think with the, with the introduction of BIM into the industry, and what it's called is, for everybody terrestrially listening, it's by Pat, Patrick McLeany, fellow of the AIA, which Al had on the show uh, once. I think he's going to try to have him on again. Yep. Designing a world-class architecture firm, the people, stories, and strategies behind HOK, which is, it's just phenomenal. It's so, it's like, for me, it's like super riveting, uh, which is, and I, I, me and I were talking, I was, when I was walking through the airport yesterday, I was just gushing over the book so far. I read through the first three chapters and we were like, man, it's really niche. Like it's super niche. And I was like, yeah, it's even more niche because if you think about it, it's only going to appeal to so many people in the architecture community too, right? Yeah. So I, I, I've suggested the this- this was to Lance when I was probably halfway through, probably like a month ago or yeah. something like that. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And Lance and I's taste on uh, videos, movies are opposite. Pop so like, culture, yep. Yep. Like, so I'm right, he's wrong. Like, just that's just how it goes. Al, <laughs> he's always right, Gore. <laughs> books, books we're pretty good on. Books, books we sync up on. Yeah. Um, but I extremely love this book and then lance called me last night he's coming back from fargo and he's like i'm addicted to it like it is it is that good so So this is why i'm saying that is that if you are in any leadership position of the firm hacker i'm pretty sure you're gonna like it yeah 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 it's pretty solid recommendations really good yeah uh 
So, in at the end of chapter one, they kind of summarize it, and I I want I was gonna read. Um, there's about eight points, and I started giggling in some of these points because I'm like, wow, that was not us. That okay. is not us. Like here we are, not failing. Year fourteen of F9's existence, basically, uh, which is a long time for like we're double the usual startup. Yeah. You know. Sure. And so and we're not a startup anymore, but I was reading this and thinking like, wow, half of these are we didn't do, but that's okay, right? I mean, we're not, it's, you're not going to line up with this book 100% and you're going to think about, it's going to challenge you to think about like, okay, what is the difference here for me and why did, why did this, why did this still work for our firm and all, all that kind of stuff, right? But out of these eight, this is the point. They didn't do them right away. That's the point is like, oh, when we did this, now it was successful. So make sure you do this. Yeah, it's like the, it's like it's like what we do on the show where we're telling you about the st- failures and then hopefully you guys learn the lessons that we had to learn, but without having to go through the failures maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So number one was hire and keep talented people long term. Otherwise, time and money you invest in training them is a waste. Service businesses like architecture are only as good as the people. I like to think we've done that. Yep. I like to think we can hold on. To, we don't have a high turnover rate here at all. Um, but there's there's some coming up where I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then number two, consider carefully before you lay people off because you lose not only staff members, but also their reservoir of knowledge. Makes sense. Secure your next commission before your current projects ends so that you can plan your firm's future and stop the stressful boom and bust pattern. And just so everybody knows, the reason why... Uh, one of one of one of the partners, and I think it's the H, right? The H Hellman, uh, Helmuth. His dad is the one who ran a firm. Oh, yep. And went boom and bust. So his reaction was so it was inter- It was to, I was like, ooh, I resonate with Helmuth uh, a lot because that's why we, that w- our reaction to being laid off in the Great Recession was we wanted to make a recession-proof firm, and he go in his his like kind of this 24 page i think like sort of a white paper that he made it's it's like how to design a depression proof firm i was like oh man the parallels yeah so good yep so good and is the strategy is the same as ours be as strategic be uh diverse in practice as possible try to do as many different typologies as possible like complete like embrace them so it's sort of it's sort of and you can still niche in that way i think and, and, and the big difference between us and them is they were going after bigger projects right away. Yeah. Um, and they had a strategy of each project is basically led by three different people, a design architect, a um, technical architect, which means doing all the designs and details. Think about CDs and the DDs yep. and then a project manager architect. Right. And they're all they all have distinct roles because that manager is managing. Okay. How much time are we spending on it? How is that? Is it profitable? Is it not profitable? Uh, what subs do we need? Where are they doing it? Uh, what is the client expectations, timelines? Everyone knows like then the technical architect, there's all that stuff. And then the design architect, that's, that's a huge portion in itself right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to see how they evolve over time. Yeah. And I, cause I'm only on chapter three. Yeah. I'm only on chapter three. Um, let's see here. Number four. Assign one leader to full-time marketing to win new work so other leaders can focus on designing and delivering work. If you can afford to do that, sure. Like Al and I have had to... I I, so one of the things I was asking Al after uh, in just talking about it yesterday was I go, do you, which one of the three principles, the H, the O, the K, do you think you are? Or do you, thi- or do you think you're a combination of all three? 
and they, I was like, well, we had no choice but to be a combination of, of all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe, maybe we, you know, obviously w- we have changed methodologies and, and pivoted in certain ways. So maybe we'll, we'd eventually pivot in the kind of, I don't know. But <clears throat> if you're a small firm like ours, by the way, the average firm, I guess, is eight people and it still is. That was news to me. That yep. number stuck out. Yep. And can I go a little bit? We'll go inside the firm here. How, how do you do all three? How do you be the production architect, managing, and, and all that? Basically, Here, sales, design, execution. That's yes. the three different principles. Yep. yep. And I'd say it's not always perfect, but think about this with um, the project, the technical architect. We're not doing the work. We're redlining the work. We're not doing the work. We're yep. redlining the work. Yep. The design, sometimes we are in the beginning and then passing it off. Sometimes we aren't even in the beginning. And then the, the, the sales and marketing, we are the sales team going out and doing that. I would say in the marketing in the beginning, especially with making the website, that was more me. But now we have people do that yep. for us. We have. Did you see the emails going back and forth when our website blew up and it was, were you even, you were copied on those, right? Oh, you weren't? No. Oh, so a couple of days ago, our website blew up. Um, and at first, Leslie thought it was uh, this part of the technical aspect of the website, that but apparently know, it was a hosting website. Yeah. And, and it was all of our talk about it. It's like, man, it was much more simpler when it was me doing it on the simple website, but we had a less, lot less options. And but, a lot less reach. Yep. But the problem is once you have a lot more options, there's a lot more things that can go wrong. Yeah. So anyways, it would have took me like four days to figure out what was going on. It took her like four hours. The website was back up. So. Yeah. Good deal. Thanks, Leslie. Yep. Way to crush it. Uh, number five, don't rely on marketing alone. Good design must be in place too and it and is key that will sustain that practice. Number five, number six, develop a professional public relations program to bolster your reputation and your marketing. Uh, number seven, diversify your practice by expanding into multiple cities, developing multiple services, and embracing multiple building types to recession-proof your firm. Number eight, organize your practice around leaders such as design, production, marketing, and management because it's more efficient than if every leader does everything. But th- I swear there was one where it was uh, something where he says, if you're going to start... Uh, there was there was a maybe it's in the second chapter at the end. Let me look here real quick. Gosh. Yep. It was one statement where I was like, "Whoa, we did not do that." Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's this one. Let me let me just jump into this chapter the, two. The one bu- the one bullet point in chapter from the end of chapter two. We'll, we'll go we'll deep in, we'll do a deeper dive next next episode. Number one, open shop in a location where you have deep connections that <laughs> emphasize the name of the founder who has the most local contacts in the area. We had no connections hardly, like maybe one or two. Yep. Yeah. That was it. But but it thinks about let's say we are going to expand, right? This is this is some of the lessons too. Like okay, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what the threshold is. Maybe maybe it's uh, twenty people. Maybe it's twenty two, twenty four people. Maybe it's twenty six. Maybe it's thirty. And then and then you really establish. I'm just going to make up something right now. Yeah, like yeah. like Al is head of marketing. That is that is his goal. Uh, Lance Lance is a. Uh, the 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 end all be all for uh, quality control yep. for production yep right um and then and then I'll just say, R- Ross is the project management you know like there might be a level where maybe that's not all of their stuff but like hey the buck stops with you implementing iterating 
making it work better, you are the leader of of that area. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. I'm with you. What do we got next, Al? Okay, let's look at the economy in 34 charts. Oh, I got to turn that TV back on so I can see what's going yep. on. Yep. The article Finance, is once it starts blinking up is Yahoo Finance. Do you chart find book. the Yahoo stuff because you're still a Yahoo guy? No, just because Yahoo Finance, I think it's one of the greatest uh, conglomerated of, of it Yahoo's. is good. I don't yeah. disagree. The content you find is great. I'm just wondering. Al's always been a Yahoo. Dude, you're like you were Yahoo before you were Gmail. That's all I'm saying. Yep, yep. So this is 33 charts to tell the story of the market ah. and the economy. Why did I say 34 is chart? Well, because he's dyslexic, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, <clears throat> because I have a secret 34 chart oh, okay, later. Okay, that's why. Cool, that's, cool, why. Cool, that's why. Cool. Um, so an update disinflation forecast. So this is just a chart that actually points that they have a 2.5 target that they're going for. And it's actually going down from over 4%, and it's going down. They had a predi- prediction, and it's actually going down more than— The economy is going to be on fire by the end of the year. It's going to be unbelievable. I know it. No, it's so funny. I'm so optimistic this year. I was—so I had Kermit Baker. Yeah. Uh, did you listen to that one? Not yet. I need to cut it over the weekend. Sure. So it, is it going to be— It will be on Monday's. It will be Monday's episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, Kermit Baker of the AIA— uh, Al had on here. Yep. He was he was predicting that they're not going to lower it until they need to. And there are certain conditions of what they need to do, what needs to happen for it. And it looks like the summer. But if this chart is true and the actual is projecting down, can we just follow this to when this hits past 2 point? When it's at 2.4, mm-hmm. that is, man, January, February, March? Whoa, huh. really? Like, like, uh. That's pretty quick. Yeah, but the data will come in March, and then their meeting will probably be April or May. Mm -hmm. Still, I think a lot of people say they're not going to reverse it until afterwards. Sure. um, Into the summer. So inflation rapidly falls. Again, here it is. Good job. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fed funds rate is going up. (laughs) Again, Fed, if you thread this needle, bro, I just, I hey. Yep. I can't believe it, but I can I I am believing it. We've been talking about it for, for since since pretty much 4 years now. Pretty much 4 years since 2020. Can they thread this needle? This is how it relates. The housing market is pulling the core PCE higher. This relates to us. I was <clears throat> I was meeting with uh, a bar/restaurant owner that has a bar restaurant in an old town neighborhood. Yep. And obviously part of the neighbors are fighting. He, he wants to make a place where in winter they can come because they sit outside in summer, but there's not enough space in winter because it's cold and snowy in winter. Um, and a bunch of his neighbors are going to fight him. And I said, it's funny. We're reading the pattern language. And like, what are the tenants? Like, if you literally do any urban design and ask any urban design professional and say, hey, inside a neighborhood, should there be like little shops, little restaurants that people can walk to and go to? They're like, yeah, that's Literally 101. 101, yep. yep. 101. Yep. Besides, yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyways, there's going to be this big fight, and we're going to have to do all this stuff to make this happen. <laughs> and I told him, like, hey, if you don't fight the good fight, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? So why I'm relating it back to this is that it's not just interest rates that are affecting housing price. It's about creating a monopoly and, and limiting supply through bureaucracy that's yeah. making 
right? Yeah. So who's going to fight the good fight? I think I think we should fight the good fight. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Yep. Look at Al Optimistic Gore. I Al. love it. Keep going. Yep. Okay, let's go. Um, there's a bunch of S&P things, mm-hmm. which, 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 which Stocks, we, which yep. is not a good, it's not the best reflection at all, hardly, about the real economy, you know, blue collar, blue collar, the blue collar to white collar every day. How are people in America doing? Yes. And they buy things, right? It's driven by consumer spending. Yep. Because I, I know this because I, I got laid off and <clears throat> essentially a lower in, employee. And, and I relate a lot to the blue collar too. They're like, oh, wait, am I going to lose my job because these stoinks are going up or down? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are we yeah. Why are we talking about my livelihood based on these stoinks? Yeah. You know? It's a funny term. Um, okay. Let's go down. Come on. Populate, populate, populate. Uh, it'll come. What the heck? Who's screwing around with the graphics here? It's my computer. I don't think my my computer is a little bit, you know, computer. <laughs> but I will come back to this. Yeah. Um, and basically the one chart that I wanted hey, to. Hey, there it's working. There we go. Okay, caught up. Consensus has uh, underestimated U.S. Ec- economic growth. Yep. So cons- so it's actually better. Yep. Um, we're doing better than Japan in hey. the Eurozone. Hey, good job us. Yep, good job us. Um, immigration boosts labor participation. Uh, and the one I wanted to really talk about here. I want to look up. Uh, there was somebody, some, somebody, um, while you're doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Somebody, uh, somebody was telling me that we're actually producing more oil now <laughs> and Trump was in office. Okay. And I, I don't know if that's true, but oh my god! <laughs> do you have Do you have a graph to pull up? Oh my god, we're crushing! Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't have a graph to pull up. I, I, I do have a graph. All I did is I went to. I just if, uh, here's what I, I'll just tell everybody what I googled: yep. oil production chart. And then it's the first, it's the first uh, website that comes up: Energy Information Administration.gov. And yeah, oil production is uh, way up, way up. Like uh, we're we're, not, we're producing right now. We're producing what they're saying is about thirteen thousand. 308,000 uh, barrels per day, which is a lot, which means, <coughs> yes, it's true. Biden, the Biden administration, holy heck. So so the last big peak we had was in, uh, before the before it dipped like crazy during COVID, was January, January 2020, right before <laughs> Biden took over. And Trump was done. 12,850,000 barrels per day, and Biden... Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Biden. You heard it here. Thank you, Joe Biden. Yep. Appreciate so that. So it, w- it was at how gas. much? What was the highest It, it was at right below 13,000 barrels. barrels per day, whatever they call it. Like a lot, you know? Yeah, probably million barrels million. a day. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. 13,000 million barrels per day. And, and now, now it's above. Now it's at 14? It's at it's above 13. Okay. It was right below. Now it's above. Gotcha. Yep. From administration to administration peak. Yep. He, he's crushing it. He's yep. crushing it, everybody. Yep. <laughs> um, awesome. That's got to help. And we, uh, come on, energy drives everything. It's got to help. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. Okay. Um, so everything is looking good with these thirty-three charts. There's only two that are kind of not the best. Household oh. debt cost becomes more challenging. Mm-hmm. So this is non-mortgage interest as a percentage of disposable credit cards and in. stuff. Yep, yep. Yep. So it's so it's going back up and it's heading up. Um, and then this is the other one. 
the startling similarities between the 1966 and 82 and the present. So there's a, there's a graph here, and the green is from 1966 to 1982. And basically, interest rates went up, they came back down, and then they came right back up again, and then they went back down. We are following that pretty much for the first hump, and the fear is that there's a second hump. I would have to look into it more, but I think, I think that they uh, lowered interest rates too much afterwards and they had to re-raise them. So that might be why the Fed is pos- is like hesitant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, those are that's the dichotomy. So there. one of one of our developer, one of the developers we work with is a is a Muslim, and he's um he, he's the way he finances his project is super interesting, and I love it actually because he's trying to he he doesn't if if you're the the Muslim religion you can't there's usury is not allowed it's yep, not allowed. On, yep. on 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 loans. Yep, it's not allowed. So, I was just I met with him uh, on Tuesday, right before for like a daycare project or something, and I just had to pick his brain about this. I was like, so I'm so fascinated that he, yep. he's, dude, super wealthy, millionaire, all this other stuff, and he was telling me he was telling me <clears throat> about how how he how he gets it done and everything like that, and I go, I go, he go, I go, he he said there needs to be some incentive though, like like there's always going to be interest. Yep. There's always people, you can't just lend money out and not get it back, right? Even if we went back to like a gold standard. And let's say we were just all trading around gold and silver coins, right? Yep. Like real money, tangible yeah. money yep. that you could turn into like computers and stuff, right? Yep. He goes, he goes, I think it's 5%. I go, me too. I go, 5% is about perfect, isn't it? He goes, he goes I like 5% because it doesn't allow the stonk, stoink, the stoink people right yeah. the, the the gamers which ga- it's like stock market investing is legalized gambling it essentially is right yeah. and he goes it doesn't allow them or the banksters or any of these people to just get rich off of not producing anything yeah. right they're cuz they're like something tangible and truly useful to society right like buildings infrastructure all that kind of stuff right products tesla cars whatever yeah. he goes but but it still is enough interest to give people like that incentive to lend out money and keeps things going in that kind of way so what i'm getting at is here's what here's what the jerome powell uh all what's her what's what's her what's her name the janet janet Janet, if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) just just make it so mortgages are five percent for like a while like what i'm getting at is with your chart here is like yeah don't overcorrect again yeah, and drop it too low, and then throw us into a 1982 style recession, yeah. right? Where we have this high inflation and all this. Okay, just just get it to where mortgages are about five percent. Uh, we're all good with that. Yeah, I think we're good with that. Yeah, and and it's hard. I know that they don't want to cherry pick and make one interest rate for one thing and another for another thing, because then let's say because this is what would happen. They would say like, oh, well, let's make green technology at five percent or three percent or two percent. Now you're going to get people over investing in that. You're going to create a bubble. You're going to create a bubble. And this is probably why they can't do any of it because it's kind of like when you have a chill, a, a kid and like, it's like, I'm just taking away all your toys now because you, you two are not playing well whatsoever. Yep. So we're taking away the tools from the feds to do this differentiator because you could say there is a strong need for housing. Thus, Leveling that at five percent would help then move that apart uh, in a good direction, and that's part of what's keeping inflation high because housing costs are so high, 
and we really need to tackle this issue. The problem is you could never get them to stop at that one logical point. Know, they I would know, just yeah. keep going and yeah. keep going. Yeah, it's hard. The other thing, too, so just, uh, I mean, this is just your uh, minute of perspective okay. of the world. Uh, it, since that is true in the Muslim world, how then do big buildings and get big projects get financed? Well, this is how. Let's say in America, you're going to make a big high rise, right? <clears throat> you're only going to put, look, I'm making up numbers, 20 to 25% down, the bank's going to finance the rest of it, right? And then they're going to charge interest on it. Over in Saudi Arabia, let's say you're going to put 25% uh, down. Okay, where does that other 5% of interest comes from? So the bank, the Saudi bank or whatever, they say instead of an interest, we're going to loan you the other, but we're going to be your partner yep. for, oh, 75%. But actually, we want you to still put that 25% down, yep. and we want 80% of the building. So that's how that's they get how there. Yep. Yeah, you, just, you, descri are, you described exactly how he described it to me. And now what I loved about it, he's, he's like, it keeps everybody honest and in the game together. So it's a team effort. Yeah. And nobody's trying to pit each other against each other. Well, here's a, I never thought about it this way. Like, okay, bank, now you own 80% of the project. So you, so there's, there's always been in my head. Oh, if it, if a project fails, banks don't want projects to fail here because they don't want to sell it on the open market. And yep. normally they don't, you know, don't, they don't really get that much money. Right. But, uh, in this other scenario, like who are you going to sell that project to? Yourself? <laughs> like, who, who's big enough to buy that? So you should be very aware if this is going to work or not. Yep. Yeah. All right, what do we got? Okay, next? the last 34th chart. Oh. One chart shows why big tech earnings are critical for the health of the market rally. Here's the one chart. Lance, what is this one chart? Six companies expected to lead S&P. Oh, my gosh. It's it's alphabet. It's, it's Yeah, I was going to say, it's all the alphabet stuff. Six companies expected to lead S&P 500 earnings, Amazon, Apple, Google, Meta, Microsoft, and NVIDIA. 53.7% their earnings. Other 494 S&P 500 companies, negative 10.5. I'll let you go, but I have to say this point here. This actually is, is very illuminating to us, to me. The, the alphabets, the, the tech companies, are bringing in all this profit. That's all good. No problem with that. Negative 10%. The normal, just think about every other company, um, companies that make energy, companies that make roads, companies that make cars, like they're actually down Lance, they're actually down. And the, and I know how much of our world is in the computer yep. and I understand that, but of a lot of our world is also brick and mortar. So when everyone says there was 33 charts of how awesome the economy <clears throat> is, yeah. And that's led by the computer world. There's another side of the world that is struggling. Yeah. And it's the other 400. Well, that's all I was going to say is this is exactly why the S&P or the stock market is not a, not a real good reflection of the true, like the real economy. Yeah. That affects everybody every day. So yep. take that for granted. So, okay. What do we got next? I don't know yet. I just. We got ARE Jeopardy. Let's bring down the team. Let's go. Question one, which of the following documents is typically used to define the scope of work, project schedule, and project budget for a construction project? Is it A, construction drawings, B, project manual, C, addenda, D, request for proposal? 
This might be unfamiliar to some of our staff. Which is which of the following documents is typically used to define the scope of work, the project schedule, the project budget for a construction project? Construction manual, project manual, oh, sorry, construction drawings, project <laughs> manual, addenda, or request for proposal. <coughs> do, 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 B, B, yep, project manual. So a project manual, if you look, I forgot to put in the little link, but it's, it's basically like the CDs, all that other stuff put together in one big thing, right? Okay, question two, what document outlines the legal relationships and responsibility between the owner and the architect, including the architect's scope of services, compensation, and project schedule? Is it A, submittal, B, change order, C, owner-architect agreement, or D, specifications? CCC, look at that. Everyone's winning. Number three, in an effort to facilitate a flexible work environment, a small architecture firm decides to make their design and documentation methodology changes to their design and documentation methodology in order to allow for an off-site work-at-home option. Which methodology is most appropriate for enabling off-site work? Is it A, store all project files as PDF files in a password-protected website? B, create an accessible cloud-based multi-platform virtual studio space? C, publish all construction documentation in a password-protected database. Any repeats? Correct answer is B, create an accessible cloud base. <laughs> Pretty obvious. <laughs> Where did you get this? End <laughs> garb. Uh, what do we got for scores? <laughs> no wonder it was a terrible question. Yeah. Okay, crash. Uh, number four, an architect is in an, in an initial program meeting with a trusted client. The client says they have a quit acquitted drawing acquired drawings of a hotel prototype that has been successfully built in five other locations the client asked the other architect to use the hotel drawings to prepare a permit set for a site that the client owns what action should the architect take to comply with ethical standards a stamp the drawings including consult consultant drawings based on the historical success of the hotel plan set b verify with the client they have satisfied all copyright requirements for use of the design before taking on the project c redraft the drawings after all local code analyses are complete, or D, assume the drawings have been acquired legally and site adapt the prototype. Correct answer is B. Verify the client has satisfied all requirements. Who won? Jason? Where are we? Awesome. Three, okay. two, Runza. Wow. All righty. If you are watching on the YouTube, leave us a positive comment. If you're listening on the iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next week.